Anything you want to call about. And uh, tonight, uh, Nick's sitting in with me. Say hi, Nick. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Things are going to be a little different. This is Mark, and I'm sitting in the big boy chair tonight. So uh, bear with us. If uh, it's, it's, We're, we're going to do our very, very best to, to bring you a radio show tonight. Call in with whatever you want to call in about. And uh, tonight, I have a uh, story from the AP. That says the Bush administration could pr- prohibit meat packers from testing animals for mad cow disease, a federal c- appeals court said on Friday. The dispute pits the Agriculture Department, which tests about 1% of cows for the potentially deadly disease, against a Kansas meat packer who wants to test all of its animals. Nick, are you getting this? Yes. Okay, the federal government tests about 1% of the cows out there for mad cow disease. This meatpacker wants to test every one of its animals. And the federal government brought it to court, beat them. Then they, the uh, Kansas meatpacker appealed, and the appeals court has sided with the federal government that the, this uh, meatpacker cannot test all of its animals. Larger meatpackers oppose such testing. Huh, I wonder if it's a lobbyist. Hmm. If uh, Creekstone Farms Premium Beef began advertising all of its cows uh, had been tested, other companies fear that they would have to conduct the expensive tests, too. The Bush administration says the low-level testing reflects the rareness of the disease. Uh, mad, cow, mad cow disease has been linked to more than 150 human deaths worldwide, mostly in Great Britain. Only uh, three cases have been reported in the U.S., all involving cows and not humans. Uh, I believe that the uh, disease in humans is called crutchfield Jacobs disease or something like that. I've always just heard it referred to as mad cow disease, whether it's in people or cows. But I'm sure doctors and scientists have their own special name for it. Yeah, as they probably would. A federal judge ruled last year that Creekstone must be allowed to conduct the test. Oh, excuse me. I guess they they lost, and then the federal government uh, brought it to appeal. Must be allowed to conduct the test because the agricultural department can only regulate disease treatment. Since there is no cure for mad cow disease, how did the agriculture department get the right to regulate disease treatment in cows? If you look at the Constitution, it says that the the federal government is, um, in in the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, you look at them, and it says the federal government is limited um, to basically the things that are outlined in the Constitution, and that the state governments have the powers that, uh, and and the people have the powers uh, not mentioned thereof. So how did the federal government get the right to regulate um, disease treatment in animals? Well, the simple answer is they, they don't have it. No, they, they just took it. Right. They, yeah. If you're arguing from a constitutional basis, the, the majority, the vast majority of what the federal government does exceeds its constitutional mandate. So, you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not 100% on this, but I'm fairly sure that the Department of Agriculture was one of the original cabinet positions, or it followed shortly thereafter. Mm. Um, it does sound old. Yeah. So, you know, ha- have there, has there always been a little bit of a bending of the rules? Sure, maybe. But I think there's there's a big difference between, say, 
taking a census of how many farmers there are in the country and regulating what they can do on a uh, you know, in their business. And, they, you know, it's their property and it's their business. And in this case, they would provide more protection for the consumer than the government would. So it, I think it, it quick. it's quick to point out that the government isn't actually all that concerned about what happens to consumers. So, uh, you know, and, and people tell us without uh, organizations like the FDA and the um, Department of Agriculture that we would that, – that we would be uh, – that, that, uh, food manufacturers would poison us. They'd poison us with cheap food because they want us to die uh, or whatever. They, they want their customers to never be able to pay for food again because they're dead. Well, apparently, this organization here, the, the Creekstone uh, Farms Premium Beef, those folks that, uh, I guess, Creekstone that produce that, they want to do, you know, uh, 99 times better than the federal government as far as their testing goes so that the people will trust their beef. And I would assume that they want to do that because, well, you know, they uh, they want people to buy their beef. So how is it that people can say that if we had this, uh, you had to let the market deal with this and we didn't have the federal government or state governments or any governments at all testing uh food that they that we could possibly that they're gonna they're gonna kill us all i mean that they're gonna put rat poison in our uh, beans or something you know i really don't know it i think a lot of it is really just a knee-jerk reaction when people hear that we should get rid of say the fda or the department of agriculture they assume because they've been told most people have been told throughout their lives that those government regulations protect them and they take it on face value and to be honest most people don't follow this kind of news they they aren't aware of the numerous examples in fact i would say the preponderance of the evidence out there if you actually take a case by case analysis is that the fda or the department of agriculture or really any of these government agencies that are there to to regulate the free market, supposedly for the protection of the consumers, I think that most of the evidence shows that they're really there to ensure the profits of big businesses that, in turn, ensure that politicians get reelected. Yeah. Yeah. It really is, you know, a a vicious circle, and we can see what happened with, uh, just recently in the news, with mining officials. You know, the government had some regulatory board that was supposed to be in charge of mining, you know, oversight, and they were partying it up and having sex with miners. Uh, well, not with miners. Dirty with, miner sex with, with company owners, industry people. Where you know, partying with the government people. So uh, yeah, interesting. Well, I, we got to call in and let's uh, let's take it live. Well, and it's gone. Would <laughs> wouldn't you guess? Since there's no cure for mad cow disease and the test is performed on dead animals, the judge ruled the test is not a treatment. Seems pretty astute. Oh, that calls back. You're live on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, Marcus George. Hey, George. What's up? Yeah, I wanted to talk, um, weigh in on that whole federal meat thing like that. And I'll tell you right now, I don't want no federal bureaucrat, you know, testing my meat unless she looks like Jessica Alba. Well, I, I'm not sure who it is, but uh, she sounds, uh, she, you know, the, I've heard the name before. And if I've heard the name f- before, chances are good she's hot. So, uh <laughs> Well, 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 George. I mean, you're a federal bureaucrat, and you uh, you you take a look at people going through the the lines there. Don't you think that uh, you guys do a better job than a uh, a private organization would? Um, not really. Right there. I mean, I've seen the as a federal bureaucrat, I've seen the um, you know, the BS up close. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. I, I like the first clip, and um, 
And then I, I really wouldn't want that. I'd rather prefer a private thing like Consumer Reports doing that stuff. This Consumer Reports is a good magazine. I appreciate yeah. it. You got anything else for on us, George? Another, yeah, on another note, um, today is my 30th birthday, and I just want to know, um, were you as depressed as I'm feeling right now when you turned 30, Mark? I stayed in bed three days when I turned 30. I, it, was an, it was not a good uh, birthday for me. I, I can tell you that uh, things didn't get worse afterwards. Actually, they got better. And, uh, you know, I, your life's ahead of you, but... However, I, I didn't like that number that I turned. <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, cause, anyway. You got some I friends to go out and party with? Huh? You oh, got, yeah. I'm still going to go out and party with some friends. That's a good stuff. thing. And I'll get hammered and maybe catch a cab paid for by someone else as a birthday gift. Yeah, that would be a good <laughs> thing. Make sure you uh, take some aspirin and some vitamin C um, before you go to bed. Oh, lots of water and gator, maybe some Gatorade. I don't know. Does Gatorade help? Yeah, it, so I hear. I, I believe it. Yeah, know. don't don't drink. Nothing mix, can hurt. Mix the Gatorade with water. That's actually the best way to balance your electrolytes. But uh, yeah. yeah, the Gatorade definitely helps. Yeah, right there. And um, if I'm functional tomorrow, I'll try to call you guys and see how it went. <laughs> All right, George. Take it easy. Later, guys. The U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit overturned that ruling, saying that the diagnosis can be considered part of a treatment. And we owe USDA a considerable degree of deference in this, uh, in its interpretation of the term, Judge Karen Lecraft Henderson wrote. The case was sent back to the district court where Creekstone can make other arguments. So it's, it's not over, over, but their biggest uh, stumbling block is out of the way for the USDA. And it looks like uh, the USDA is going to stop uh, meatpacking meat uh, places from testing for mad cow disease. So now we're, we don't have the option of knowing if the meat is safe. We're just going to have to deal with government inspections, which... Which really are crappy. Are, right. Yeah, they're, they're, they're 100 times worse than uh, Creek, what Creekstone's offering. We'll be back. 300, uh, 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. It's your show, 1-800-259-9231. And uh, you can go on to freetalklive.com. You get live streams anywhere in the world. You can get the Internet. So you can hear Free Talk Live anywhere. It's a call about your shows, and uh, let's go to your shows. Uh, your call. It's a, it's a show about your calls. Let's go to them. Uh, Jason uh, in California. Hey, how's it going? Well, sir, how are you? I'm pretty good. So, uh, my question to you guys is uh, whether or not you think a president is necessary. Uh, I tend to believe in the small government as opposed to no government, but uh, I was curious as to what you guys thought. A president? Well, I don't know. Um, I I would like to have seen a, a United States that uh, stayed this you know a small and the size that I would consider the Constitution to have meant. Of course, there are lots of people out there that would say that the Constitution, that the size of our government is exactly the size the Constitution uh, you know meant it to be, and uh, that I'm just a crackpot. But I don't see it that way. I think the president was kind of uh, you know a temporary king, really, and and honestly, they're acting like it now. Hopefully, the, um, we'll see their temporary at this point. Um, I would say that you probably need a head of state. It, it, you really can't have a legislative body for things like running a war. Um, I guess you could argue that you could delegate that to um, perhaps the secretary of defense or a general and have them be the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. So certainly, I think in theory, you could have a government 
without a president. And um, one thing that I wish they had done on a federal level when they were framing the Constitution was limit the executive even more. One institution that would do that, and you might be able to read up on it a little bit in case you ever have to build your own country, is an executive council, which uh, here in the state of New Hampshire, the governor is limited by this. It's a council of five people who are elected. Um, and basically they serve to weaken the executive and they put a fir- they have veto power. Three out of the five can veto. I think it's any spending amount over $5,000. So any law that uh, would be budgeted more than, you know, they would have a budget of more than $5,000 the executive council can then veto it. And I think that's one reason why New Hampshire has been a little bit slower in adopting some status policies because actually the executive council has on occasion killed some some pretty anti-liberty legislation. So in that way, you can kind of help keep the executive more divided and there's less of a chance of getting what we have now, which is essentially a unitary executive. I would argue we don't have a dictator Uh, But we do have a strong man president, and that was not what was intended at all. Cool. I completely agree. Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, in, in certain instances, it's good to have a head of state. I don't think that uh, the country needs to be as large as it is currently. I, I I'm really believe that we'd function quite well as uh, 50 individual little countries. I, um, I've seen, I saw some map somewhere, some guy desi- divided the United States up into uh, 38 states that made more sense to him somehow or another. And, you know, I, I think the Florida was called Tropicana and, you know, like it, it, it was... Uh, you know, cut off. It, it cut the uh, the northern portion, the Panhandle, off of Florida essentially, and gave uh, Jacksonville to whatever state was up there where Georgia is, and um, you know, Pensacola off to whatever state was where Alabama is. I don't know, but you know, I don't think we'll ever. I don't think you'll ever see state lines moving like that. Uh, the fact is that uh, as far as the status quo goes, these you won't see those lines moving because those states want to control the area that they have. Uh, per- personally, I disagree. I think well. I, I think that the future of the, the federal government of the United States is certainly uncertain. I, I forget where I was reading it, but there was an intelligence report that's it's being repair, prepared for the next president. It was the Washington Post, I believe, was reporting on it. Um, but over even the next 10 or 15 years, it's expected that the United States' influence in the world is going to weaken. Uh, I I don't know how the government's going to try to deal with the amount of debt we have, unfunded liabilities. I mean, essentially, the country is bankrupt when you look in, down the road about 20 years, and that's not even including war debt enemies were making in war. And really, honestly, the Soviet system collapsed, and the CIA did not see that coming. So, and nobody, I, I don't think very many people did. So, I think that the United States, over the course of the next couple decades, I'm not saying tomorrow or in the next five years, but I think that the United States, as we know it, may come to an end, and hopefully it'll come to, you know, a soft landing and a gracious one, and actually result maybe in more limited government, or some people would like to see no government. I personally believe you're always going to have some level of government. You're going to have, at the very least, uh, the people that want no government want self-government anyway, or they're just bomb-throwing nuts. Um, so either way, there's some kind of government. I, I think that people that are not uh, motivated by the marketplace aren't, uh, you know, they're they're not incentivized in in the same way that uh, the market is, and I, I think that the market could probably provide a lot of things, but I th- I think when you start talking about that, that you scare some people off. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, you certainly scare some people off, but I, I also have my doubts as to whether, I mean, the, the free market paradigm, especially the way Ian talks about it, is it's really dependent on there being a paradigm shift. So people would have to take on more personal responsibility. And really, I mean, it doesn't have to be everybody. There there are ways you could deal with antisocial individuals uh, through ostracism and arbitration and things like that. To some extent, I think that would work. But for a totally free market system to function, uh, it really requires people to be very responsible, at least the vast majority of them. And I'm not entirely sure that people would interact in a civil way if they had their druthers. I, I think that um, the state, at its very best, is a placeholder to keep um, worse governments out, people who are in, in pursuit of power for their own personal ends. And I really think that uh, when the United States was formed, the founders wanted to prevent, say, a would-be king from taking over. So they said, well, we'll put in place a very small government, keep it as limited as possible, and hopefully that will prevent foreign nations from taking over, which, quite honestly, I think if you didn't have United States or several state governments, they might have been able to do it somewhat differently. Uh, but if you didn't have some form of government, I, I do think that France or Spain or someone probably would have taken over and you would have had a king. So I think you can make perfect... Well, France had its revolution shortly after the United States did. Uh, it, it did. There was still war debt to France and Napoleon took over shortly thereafter and his imperial ambitions. Yeah, he might as well have been a king. Yes. and He, he didn't call himself an emperor after he, he got in there. Yeah. So, you know, I I really think sometimes when you're, when you're looking at anarcho-capitalism... Is it an ideal place to try to get to? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. But sometimes I think you can make great the enemy of good. And you can have a much better system than we have today. Can you get to that zero government point? I'm not entirely convinced of that. We can move in that direction. And once we actually you know, are sort of in that, in that mode of thinking where most people agree with the idea that people ought to be free and you know, not have money stolen from them, from the government, uh, then I think that might be the time to have that discussion between people who want a very limited government and people who want zero government. But for the moment, we're moving in the same direction. Yeah, and we're not even close to uh, you know people being in a paradigm where they could accept the idea of no government, I, I don't think. No. Um, Jason, thanks for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. But certainly what? people are going to try to change that paradigm, and that, that's what has to happen. I mean, people have to bring that idea up and talk about it for it to be accepted. Free Talk Live. Give us a call about what you want to talk about. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. 
Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. Free Talk Live, it's your show. Call in about what you want to talk about. And while you're waiting on hold, check out the wiki at freetalklive.com. There's hundreds and hundreds of pages that are uh, all user-generated, and they talk about all kinds of things, including some fan clubs. Um, there's some fan clubs for the uh, the talk show hosts on here, except for Nick. I wonder why. I wonder it's because if you don't haven't put your bio in yet. I have a bio, Mark. Oh. You're you're thinking in the past. I have a picture up and I have a bio. My mistake. I somebody, believe I somebody also have a, a fan club for Nick. Too. <laughs> but I'm not sure if I have a fan club. <laughs> well, my mistake. I, I thought I, I thought you needed a, a good chastening. Apparently, it's it's me who's not paying attention. Are you remodeling your kitchen or bath? Perhaps you just want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers. Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs, pulls, bath accessories, and plumbing fixtures for every taste and budget. Free Talk Live listeners can save 10% on all InnerKnobs.com merchandise by using code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com. Friendly service and wholesale prices for knobs, pulls, and more at innerknobs.com. And don't for- forget, you get 10% off if you use code FTL at checkout. Darn nice folks, too. So, uh, Nick, you were saying you uh, you had some story about this uh, this gal Palin that uh, all the Republicans are all on Twitter about. Yes, well, um, Sarah Palin, it, it, for those who aren't following the race at all, <laughs> right. which she'd have to be living under a rock, is John McCain's pick, the running mate for vice president. And she had an interview, her first big television interview with ABC's Charles Gibson. I kind of like Charlie. I, I like the fact that he'll go after somebody and try to eviscerate them there on TV. I, I think that's pretty cool. He certainly does press harder than some people in the media. A lot of them now, especially in recent years, treat the politicians with kid gloves, it seems. But he went right into the issue of foreign policy to see exactly where Sarah Palin stood. And I thought this was important to point out because um, probably not a lot of your more principled people, but but some people who might think of themselves as small government Republicans are are leaning more towards McCain now because Palin is on the ticket. I was really excited about her when she first came out. I, I got to say now I'm... I'm uh, somewhat cool to the idea of uh, her being actually smaller government. I mean, maybe sm- smaller in some areas, but likely not smaller in most. No, uh, she really does seem like a neocon, and uh, specifically on the issue and of And to war. me, that means a, a, a Republican that essentially thinks that government can solve problems. Right, and that includes problems far, far away overseas. With guns. Yes, and when asked about uh, whether Georgia should be admitted to NATO... Uh, she said yes. And Charlie <laughs> I Gibson, like those folks down there. They, they make good barbecue. <laughs> I, I think she understood a bit more than that, but you yeah. can never tell with politicians. Um, and when Charlie Gibson followed up asking, wouldn't it mean war if Russia were to go back into Georgia and they were a member of NATO? And her answer was, perhaps so. I mean, that's the agreement when you're a NATO ally. If another country is attacked, you're going to be expected to be called upon and help. Well, she didn't seem to answer the question very seriously. In fact, she sounded almost upbeat and chipper about the idea that, well, that could mean war with Russia. And 
she didn't seem to give that topic the respect it deserved, uh, even for somebody who who is very hawkish on foreign policy, who thinks we should be spreading democracy at the point of a gun. Most politicians realize that they should probably be delicate about how we deal with Russia because they have several thousand nuclear weapons that can reach us in a, in a matter of hours. They could kill us all. Right. And that's one of the reasons the Cold War stayed cold was we knew that. So despite all the rhetoric, the Russians and the Americans, the leaders on both sides were at least sane enough to know that war between the two countries would probably destroy the two of them. Uh, but she just seemed to brush that off, which which really disturbs me because it's not just Sarah Palin, but uh, I've heard a lot of hawkish remarks against Russia by politicians both on both on the left and the right. I mean, Barack Obama was trying to sound, you know, hard and experienced on foreign policy. And that kind of bravado is really what pushed us to the brink of nuclear war so many times during the Cold War. And quite honestly, uh, at least from the the research I've done on it, it seems that Georgia started the war. I mean, Georgia fired the first shots in this thing. They did. Um, I, I'm not saying that they started the war. It's uh, you know, th- there was a lot of blustering on both sides. I wish that uh, I, I think that the the bull, you know, the the first uh, country to use bullets is uh, really the one to blame. But you know, the, the sanctions that's not cool. Um, I don't. And Georgia, you know, they're the fact is they're cracking down on South Ossetia. There, there's a uh, well, secessionist. They, they were they were until they got. Well, swatted. Well, they tried to come in and crack down, and the, the Russians didn't like that very much. Right. Well, I mean, there's a secessionist movement there. Maybe some of them want to go to um, live in, you know, you know, move their land under the uh, the Russian umbrella or whatever. But you know, you know, I I think the best way to handle that, if you're looking in sort of the the realistic uh, world, is you know, let the people of South Ossetia decide uh, with a vote. Whether or not they want to leave. Uh, well, actually, they did hold a referendum. Uh, there were some questions about whether it was free and fair, but uh, it seems clear that the vast majority of South Sessions want to leave Georgia. That much is clear. Whether the referendum, which came in at something like 99%, wow. was actually free and fair, that's an open question. But most wasn't of them, aware of that. Haven't heard that at all. Well, mo- most uh, no, you won't hear it in the news because the Western media is supporting the Western government's line, which is. Simply to use this as as really an excuse to try to box in Russia. Let the big bears up, and it's dangerous. Dangerous oh, they, Russia. They love that bear analogy, but to be quite honest, this is exactly, really, from my opinion, what Russia did in South Ossetia is exactly the same thing the West did in Kosovo. You had an ethnic minority in this little tiny part of a country that nobody in the United States had ever heard of, and <laughs> they they wanted to leave. So in this case, Russia sort of kept the the Georgians off their back and you know I'm not saying what the Russians did was correct they the, the the way they conducted the war they obviously were not very respectful of civilian targets you know the Russians aren't 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 the best country as far as respecting civil liberties and I don't think that the west should have intervened in Kosovo either that's not what I'm advocating here but I really think that you need to take a more balanced opinion of this and when you look at it objectively Russia and Georgia, neither one of them are nice countries to live in by our standards. You know, they're not, neither one of them is a free country. And it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to put the lives of, you know, everybody in Russia and everybody in America's lives on the line over a tiny region of a 
small country that probably wants right. it's to do what like Russia World wants War, anyway. Kind of like World War One with uh, you know this Archduke Ferdinand gets shot and uh, wasn't it the Baltics? Um, uh, the Balkans, yeah. Balkans. Uh, he gets shot over there, and suddenly the whole because of the alliances, the alliances that would be uh, similar to NATO, which of course was the question uh, to start with, and shows. You know, Sarah Palin perhaps doesn't have the uh, the greatest acumen when it comes to to foreign policy, which I don't think that necessarily a. Uh, um, I, I'm more interested in her temperament, and it's it sounds to me like her temperament isn't one that I want uh, as far as a, a a head of state. And there's a good chance when uh, you know you've got uh, John McCain, uh, you know younger brother to Methuselah, there running for office. Um, he, he could die off relatively quickly. Sarah Palin's, uh, you know, she's in the hot seat. Uh, she's as uh, competent as Jimmy Carter, and uh, you know, off we go to war. Competent as Jimmy Carter and ready to fire. You know, she's a rootin' tootin', sharp shooting uh, gal from uh, from Alaska, and you can't tell her nothing. That bothers me. Yeah, and it, you know she was hawkish on other things. Um, insane, really. I'm using the term hawkish to be kind of not 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 load the the word too much, but it's really an insane foreign policy. She says we shouldn't question whether Israel has a right to strike Iran first. Uh, of course, we give Israel money, so they're they're essentially a military satellite of the U.S. Well, I think that I, I think that I'm uh, sort of of the, her, her opinion to some extent. I think that we shouldn't be giving money to Israel. We shouldn't be giving money. Uh, American the American taxpayer is not responsible for supporting the government of any well, other country. But that's not Sarah Palin's position. Sarah Palin's position Understood. is that we need to furnish the Israelis with bullets and bombs and money, and let oh, them. Oh, I think we should, we, we should sell them bullets and bombs and uh, well. I, if if they want to go after Iran, then the, uh, the Israeli citizens can deal with uh, whatever Iranian war they have to deal with over there. I... Sure, and sell Iran bullets and bombs, too. But that's not what we do right now. Right now, we, we subsidize Israel's military. And when Arabs see Israel killing other Arabs with American bombs and bullets and money, that breeds a lot of the resentment and a lot of the terrorism that's been directed against the United States over the last 30 or 40 years. And quite honestly, we shouldn't be getting that involved in any other nation's affairs, not just Israel's, any other nation. I'm with you. 1-800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. Call in about anything you want to call in about. And uh, while you're at it, check out the BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. There's lots and lots of posts and lots of people for you to talk to at the BBS. If you have no friends, the BBS is the place for you. Also, the world's largest machine gun shoot and military gun show is October the 10th, 11th, and 12th at the Knob Knob Creek Gun Range. It's uh, fun for the whole family. Machine guns, flamethrowers for rent, helicopter rides, and 800 tables showcasing guns, rifles, shotguns, and more. It opens at 9 a.m. October 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's $10 per person. KnobCreekRange.com. That's K-N-O-B-CreekRange.com. Should be a lot of fun. Machine yeah. guns. Oh, I've, see, I've seen video of it. It's, it. It looks like a ton of fun. Wish I had time to go down there. But, yeah, if, if you do, I'd recommend it. I, I, I'm with you. Uh, it's call about. It's, it's a show about your calls. Why do I keep doing that? I don't uh, know. It's a call about your shows. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I got Cliff in uh, Miami. Cliff, can you hear me now? Yes. I hear clicks and stuff. Sorry, guys. Give me one second. Yeah. Who's who's guys? <laughs> I'm gonna put it back on hold. 
Maybe we'll get him uh, shortly. Paula, Florida, wants to talk about Bible verses. Paula, you there? Yeah, hi, hon. I was just Abby. going through Daniel 7, and in the verse 23 through 26, it 23 talks about 26. what we're going through right now. So? And it tells about how GW is... Uh, is it mentioned by uh, name? Embarrassing these kings. Anyway, so he's going to be totally annihilated. They're going to. He's going to be destroyed. They're going to annihilate. Read this to you real quick. GW. Is, you want me to read this to you real quick? Oh, if it's short. How, how yeah, many verses yeah, yeah. is it? It said, "This is what he said. As for oh, the fourth beast, there is a fourth kingdom that will, will come to be on earth, and there will be different from all other kingdoms, and it will it will." devour all the earth, and it will trample it down and crush it. And as for the ten horns out of that kingdom, there are ten kings that will rise up, and still another one will rise up. Who are the ten kings? And, and he himself will be different from the first ones. And the three kings he will humiliate. But I, I thought we had and, ten kings. Yeah, I'm really the, the, confused. The ten kings are, 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 is, is, the, is, the, is the EU, okay? Okay. Anyway, but there's more than ten and, countries and he will be humiliated. He will humiliate these three kings. That's what he's just done now. Does Daniel ever mention psilocybic mushrooms? Yeah, I know about the mushrooms, yeah. I'm, I was wondering about Daniel, though. I was wondering, I you know. know. Okay. Anyway, right here he says, and he will speak even words against the Most High, which he's Illuminati. He uh -huh. will harass continually the Holy Ones, that's God's children, themselves of the, of the Supreme One. And he will intend to change time and law. And they will be he's given to change time. time and times and half a time. And the court itself proceeded to sit, and in its own rulership, they finally took away in order to annihilate him and to destroy him totally. George Bush is going to change time? The attorneys were on the radio today. They're going to bring him up on murder charges and give him the death penalty. Are they talking about daylight savings time when they say that? What do you mean daylight savings well, time? Well, it says that uh, that he's going to try to change time, and I was wondering if they were talking about daylight savings yeah, time. The, they, they have yeah, remember when they, they actually did that not too long ago? When they change the hours of the day, remember the daylight I guess you're right. saving time and all that. So what's so what's going to happen? George Bush is going to be he's tried going to be for destroyed. murder. He's going to be. And, and matter of fact, it's in Kings too because he talks about him. He talks about what we're going through, and he says, "I gave and the him kings the kings are the EU, I'm going right? to take him out with my fury." Well, he's well, going to take him out. It sounds like uh, you know the uh, uh, that. Did you see Pulp Fiction when uh, Samuel L. Jackson says, "And I'll come down on them with great force and fury." anger for those who try to destroy my brethren. Did you see that one? Yep. Well, anyway, God, God loves his children. He's going to protect them. God you know? bless them all. But Thanks, the Paula. Is, I appreciate it. Have a good evening. <laughs> uh, George Bush, psilocybic uh, mushrooms. A lot, you know, a lot a murder of trial, people. Daylight read, savings time. Were you somewhat befuddled? Uh, yeah, a lot of the people read a lot of things out of Daniel, and I think that conversation just showed you can pull a lot out of it <laughs> if you're if you're looking at, at it from a certain angle. Good stuff. You think George Bush will get the death penalty when uh, when Paula's uh, family puts her, puts him up on uh, trial? Uh, uh, jury's still out on that one. We'll have to wait and see. <laughs> They'd sure put Timothy McVeigh in the ground pretty quick. Uh, let's go to Cliff in Miami here real quick. Cliff, are you there hey, this guys. time? What's that? Yeah, sorry about the phone issue. Yeah, nobody right. wants to hear your excuses, I was, I man. I talk about um, Sarah Palin. Okay, Sarah Palin. I've heard of All her. All right. The way I look at her, especially after last night's interview, you know, especially after that, you know, it's kind of before I, uh, it was a suspicion, but I'm, you know, it's almost confirmed now. Okay. She's one of the uh, these uh, revelation people, one of these apocalypse bringers. You know, she really believes that the apocalypse, you know, the, the end of days are now, and basically that she she must do everything in her in her power to kind of, I guess, help help bring it, you know, 
bring it to fruition. It's, do you think, are there Christians out there that want that? I mean, I, I know that they're looking, obviously looking for the rapture because, uh, you know, they got they wear the bumper stickers and stuff that says, uh, in case of rapture, this car will be unoccupied, which I think is awesome. <laughs> but, um, the, I mean, do they want to bring it so they're going to do whatever it is that they interpret the books of Revelation and Daniel and, oh, there's a couple more out there crackpot weird books of the Bible that you can interpret any way you want to. Um, I guess they want to bring it, so they want to rebuild the temple and that kind of thing? I mean, that's what it sounded like to me, because if you listen to the way she spoke, really, as far as like the way she answered her, all her questions, they all, they all had like, some uh, religious component to them, to, to them especially when, when uh, like, like uh, uh, Nick was mentioning, as far as the question that uh, Charles Gibson asked, asked her about... Um, uh, I forgot what it was. I think it was something about the, the Georgia issue, and she, you know, basically it was as if it was God's will. You know, you can tell the way the way she composes her sentences. It was, she's just, you know, she was, she wants the apocalypse to come, or she's going to do whatever God tells her to do. You know, I, I don't know. Those things always kind of <laughs> kind of scare me whenever I hear people saying, you know, doing anything in God's name. She had, uh, especially yeah, when you're talking about bullets. Well, she had said huh? that uh, the Iraq War, I believe, her son was going off to war, and. She had made, you know, some kind of an address. It was a remark she had made at her church that they were talking about. And, um, oh, yeah. So I saw that one, too, and that's when I was kind of suspicious, suspicious about it. But you guys did watch the interview last night. Did you feel like it was, there was, a, like, a religious component to it? I didn't watch it. Would answer everything? I did watch I watched it online, so I probably didn't get the I, – I, I got probably 15 or 20 – you know, how, I, I think I got most of it. And, um, okay. it, you know, yeah, I, I felt there was a religious component to it, definitely. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed was, uh, to religious people. Mm-hmm. It's just when they try to use the scriptures as, as a means to govern, that's when it, it, it really um, it throws me off. And it yeah. makes me a little nervous, especially when they're yeah. end times Christians. <laughs> I, I called last week talking about vote for McCain because of the fact that, you know, keeps, he'll keep doing the same things that George Bush is doing. But um, I, I, I want to pull that. I want to recant that because uh, it's a little bit uh, more dangerous now than, you know, after hearing this, these people are, ab- she's absolutely, I won't say crazy, but she's too much of a religious, uh, uh, I don't know, she, she's too much into the religion for me to, for yeah. me to you know, for. It's, it's one thing to believe in people in the sky, and I guess I do to some extent, you know, I think that there's a God out there. It's another thing entirely to, um, you know, believe that the world's going to come to an end, and you start mixing those together and thinking that, uh, you know, the guy that's uh, standing up on the, the, the pulpit on Sunday knows what's going to happen. He's, he's this voodoo priest that uh, knows when the, uh, when, when the world's going to come to an end. You know, of course, he's got some Bible verses to back him up, but man, those verses have been interpreted a bunch of different ways. I mean, Paul said that, uh, the world was coming to an end soon in his book, and that just goes to show two thousand years ago. You know, soon isn't here yet. It's my it's my understanding that actually, um, and I don't know if anybody listening has watched it. Uh, it, it. The film Zeitgeist. It's an online film. You can watch it for free. It, it challenges the whole idea of the most of the world's faith. So if you're very religious, it might throw you off a little bit. But it's interesting in there because. At least according to their claims and their claims of scholarship, which I I haven't checked into, um, the the phrase is commonly related as the I will be be with you until the end of the world, world and age in terms of like an era are era, translated yeah. fairly similarly in Hebrew at least according to the film and I'm not vouching for it necessarily, um, but you know even just in those translation issues I mean. It, the Bible's been translated so many times from the original text, uh, and there's so many abridged. And, yeah, there's you know, no the original news. text. That's right. the thing is they, um, you know, at the uh, uh, 
they they've had meetings. They've decided you know which which books they were going to keep in, which ones they were going to toss out, and uh, you know there's no original Bible. Right. It's just a bunch of you know Hebrew text, some of which was too folk folklore to 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 keep in there. And I you know that's that's the thing is you know what whose yardstick were they using to decide <laughs> what is scripture, what's God's unerring word? Well, it was a vote. And, it was a vote. Right, of it was a vote. It was democracy, and that's ludicrous. And some of the I'm sure. Yeah. Some of the versions conflict. I mean, they, they certainly do. Absolutely do. Yeah, um, one, one last thing I want to mention about about the uh, the, the interview was mm-hmm. um, as far as when they're asking her about the Bush doctrine. I mean, I, I watch CNN and, and MSNBC, so I'm no I'm no expert on any of this, <laughs> right? But um, they asked her about the Bush Bush doctrine, and it seemed that she was she, she had no idea what they were talking about. Right? She didn't know what Bush which, doctrine is, and I think yeah. that I think that that's fair though. I'm willing to give that to her. You know, not everybody knows what the Bush doctrine is, which is kill everybody mm-hmm. and uh, let God sort them out. <laughs> uh, it really is. It's it's just well, like that. If if we if you think somebody's going to attack you, kill them. I think it was they're a, either for you or against you. I think she knew. I think it was a dodge, and she wanted to clarify before answering yes or no. She didn't want to look like she was anti-Bush, and she didn't want to seem too close to him. I think it was politics in that answer, not confusion. To be okay, quite now I'll take your word for it. I think stick to, stick to voting with nobody. Vote for no one. Just All just right, Cliff. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Call in and talk about voting. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800 one. It's a show about your calls. You can call in about anything you want to talk about. But, uh, you know, while we're waiting for your calls, we'll uh, talk about some things that interest us. I've got an article here from Reason that I wanted to get to, Nick. But uh, we were we were uh, talking about the uh, Sarah Palin thing. We've been talking about, uh, uh, I don't know, the Bible. And I guess we got a call from Dave in Montana wanting to uh, chime in on that. So, Dave. Hello. Hey. How you doing? Hey, first I want to say it's a shame for a presidential election that we're doing all this vice president talk. Yeah, That's it's something a... else that the Republicans can't put a presidential candidate that we could talk about instead right. of the lady picks. This is, this is how exciting the, uh, the presidential candidate for the Republican Party is. We're talking about his vice presidential pick. And then we all know how a board vice president acts with the... Example of Teddy Roosevelt, huh? What what's a vice? I, no, I don't. Oh, McKinley got assassinated. That's how he got his job. Is that so? <laughs> I thought that Teddy uh, was elected. I mean, maybe he was. Uh, I think Teddy no, got. McKinley. It, it just so happens McKinley got assassinated in the state that Teddy used to be the governor of, and he and Teddy uh, got control of five points. See, five points was that was the day when you didn't agree with somebody in the politics he just walked up to their house with a stick and beat the crap out of them that's a bizarre day <laughs> <laughs> i no, thought they, uh, they they blamed it on some anarchist that they uh no, yeah it's kind of funny the whole damn thing mm-hmm. but anyway and, and i wanted to touch on i don't think uh government employees should be able to sit on juries 
Hmm. Like city employees, Why is county that? employees, what's your, state what's your reasoning employees, behind it? federal employees. I'm with you. Why, why, I, I, anything that, as far as I'm concerned, anything that goes against uh, uh, federal uh, government employees. But uh, what's your reasoning? I don't even see how they could consider that it's justified for them to be there when the government pays them their livelihood. And oh, I see. You're, you're, you're saying that uh, it's you know it's the state that's prosecuting people, and they work for the state, so they're they're not unbiased. Um, is is that that the idea? Yeah, like their livelihood is being paid by the state. I don't think that uh, they should be able to sit. They should forfeit their being able to sit on a jury. Well, or getting a job with the government. That makes sense in a criminal. Um, and then there's sense, a lot more civil? them than us. What, what about civil? Well. You, like say ordinances, you know, like mm-hmm. you're fighting the the county for because you want to build a shed and they're telling you you can't. And worry is people that work in the county, or so, you know, and they get paid by the county. And I feel that the county is good because they pay me my money. So yeah, they, they you're right. This could disqualify a lot of jurors. I'm I'm with you because uh, if you start saying that, uh, you know. In any case where the state is a uh, you know party, whether they're the plaintiff or the defendant, depending on uh, you know how things go, that if you or a member of your family works for that organization, that you would be considered unbiased. So, um, or excuse me, biased. So therefore, you can't serve. I and think that, that makes perfect sense. Through the jury is the only way we'll get any kind of freedom or liberty if we really use it to uh, its full potential. And demand yep. the jury right. That makes, you know, Dave. That makes perfectly good sense to me. I'm, I'm with you on that. And and I think that it shouldn't be just a government employees. It should be people that whose government whose um, have family members that are government employees too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the end of the world. It never once says the end of the world in the Bible. No, it says the end of the system of things. And every every tyranny comes to an end, and the systems of things change. It it seems you know? to change, yeah. I mean, and, one uh, government goes away, another one rises up. Uh, All right, so well, thanks, it, Dave. It, it never says the end of the world. And then it's funny how mm-hmm. every religion wants to take over the world, kind of. Yeah, they, they, they're expecting yeah, things and, to end. And then they justify killing each other through love of God. Yeah, and that's so the thing. That, that's, that's the thing about the uh, that I, that bothers me about. That's what Jesus was all about. He was saying, "No, man, not in my father's house. My father ain't got nothing to do about that." And all these people are going, "Oh, yeah, that's why the, the Bible's full of blood." And this, I think, it's just to show what, what evils in man. And you know, that's well. What disturbs me about uh, religion in America, which is the only country that I can really do anything about currently, is that the people that claim to be Christians are by and large Pharisees um, when it comes to politics. I mean, if Jesus came to, well, uh, you know, it, point it a finger the at these religious then. guys. You had, you had a corrupt government in cahoots with religion. Right, and that's and, what they were. The they Pharisees were, were the they were whipping people off. and stoning people for their beliefs, and are you telling me that Christians don't vote, uh, you know, don't vote for politicians that want uh, restrictive social ordinances against gambling and porn and and uh, God knows what else. I mean, they're jamming their religion down people's throats. They're the same as the Pharisees that Jesus came to, uh, you know, attack. Right. Yeah. We're living in the same in the same kind of situation. and And people are buying into the fact that, yeah, 
All right, Dave. You're allowed to take people's freedoms away in the name of religion, and, and that ain't right. No. Nope. Because where there is God, there is freedom. Where there is love, there is God, and where there is love, there is freedom. It's all connected. It's quite a math problem. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You can take his place in the queue. And, uh, Nick, you were hoping to lambast me from what I uh, recall. You're uh, well, out secrets and stuff. <laughs> well, we we uh, got into Sarah Palin and why she's not. During the break. Yeah, right, we were why discussing she, it. Why she's not what some small government Republicans are expecting. Mm-hmm. And um, during the break, I asked you who you were going to be voting for since, you know, we've just gotten into why McCain-Palin probably wasn't a very good idea if, mm-hmm. you, if you like, you know, living. And... Um, you surprised me with your answer, so I thought maybe we should we should get into that a little bit on air. And yeah, well, you know, I um, the I said once once again I, I like to caveat these things with if the election was today, I would do this because I don't know what I'm going to do. I've been all over the place. I've I've thought about um, voting for the Democrat. Um, you know, if if Hillary was in there, maybe I'd vote for her because she's pretty devi- divisive. Um, I don't like Barack Obama, and I don't think he's going to get us out of any wars. So I don't think there's even it's even worth considering um, him. You know, Bob Barr, not much of a libertarian out there. Uh, George Phillies on the ballot in two states. Ron Paul, I, I don't even know what he's doing. I, I, you know, I mean, I just don't know what he's doing. Um, you know, so I, I just feel like there's Paris Hilton. She she was uh, exciting there for um, you know a week. I thought she was going to make a great candidate, and you know then the, her supporters aren't getting her in the ballot in any states. I don't think she has much of a chance of winning. Um, so I I don't know. I mean I'm I'm all over the map on what I'm going to do, but I think uh, McCain uh, Palin is probably where I would vote today. And the reason being, I, I know, I know, there's just all kinds of people saying, "Oh, he's just going out to his Republican roots," and and maybe it's true. Maybe I just don't know what the hell I'm doing. But my thought is, is that the Democrats are going to win the Senate. They already have the House. They're not going to lose the House. Americans are pretty uh, cranky with Republicans for a very good reason right now. I don't like the idea of um, you know, the same party controlling all three uh, let's, bodies. Uh, let's call them houses because essentially the White House is a, a you know it's a house that's run by a group of people. Even though there's a, a figurehead over there, um, that we had bad bad news in this country when the Republicans ran it uh, between 2000 and 2006. They ran all three uh, bodies, and we'd have bad news if the Democrats uh, ran all three bodies. And I would I'm probably going to vote for McCain Palin if only. Not because I support them, not because I want them in there, not because I think that they, any of them, any of the candidates are good candidates, but simply to, you know, keep the uh, keep the politics going all over the place and uh, keep them, you know, mired in politics rather than streamlining the machine that is government. So you're willing to put McCain next to the big red button in the White House? I mean, it, it seems to me that. Even given the fact that the government's supposed to work where the Congress passes laws and declares wars and the president executes it, it seems to me that McCain could unilaterally get us into a war with Iran. In fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't want to say it's likely necessarily. So but you're supporting Obama? No. Oh, okay. I'm going to vote for a libertarian. I'm going to vote for George Phillies. Well, and I, I, would recommend I wish a- George all the luck, but uh, he... He's not even on the ballot in some states. He can't win. I know, but I'd recommend that people vote third party to send a message to the establishment, maybe put some pressure on them, because they don't think playing this...
It's your show, Free Talk Live. Give us a call, anything you want, and uh, we'll talk about it. Huh? I'll give you some airtime. You can lambast me for my position on uh, who I'm going to vote for here in the election. Travel less, meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to WebEx and enter promo code what, 600. Yeah, it's 600. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> Can't read your handwriting, Mark. To start your free trial of WebEx, that's WebEx. Dot com and your promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx today. And I have to tell you with the, the price of gas the way it is, if you need to go to a business meeting. WebEx works. I mean, I've, I've used it before and it's worked for me it, for training. I did some training classes on it and it worked just as well as if I was sitting in the classroom and didn't have to you know waste the travel time, waste the gas. And these days, that's important. I'm with you. Um, also, uh, if you're... Uh if, if you happen to go to dig.com and you get a membership there, go and uh, dig Free Talk Live. Uh, we are on the podcast list, and we are just you know just a skosh below old uh, Penn Gillette, who's been off here two years now. It's it's just um, you know it's insulting to be in the uh, number two slot in the news politics uh, section to a guy who's been off the air for two years. So go vote for us, please. At uh, I think you can go to vote.freetalklive.com and get through there. Uh, we were talking about uh, sort of people's roles of religion and politics here in this country. It's mostly Christianity, and uh, I think Tim wa- in Wisconsin wanted to weigh in on that. Tim, are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing I just wanted to say that I believe makes me different as a Christian believer than than, than in the most of the American churches is it, it bugs me how how the Christians in the most American churches use, you know, Christian, you know, reasonings and, and rationalizations to not do anything against the, the tyranny. And I, I, can't help, I can't help believing, you know, um, you know how, how Jack McLam believes, you know, how Jack McLam, you know, used, uh, like, Psalm 94, 16, you know, and, and uh, one or two other scriptures to, to show how we are, you know, too supposed to, you know, fight against the, the, the you know, against evil government. And it, it, the thing that also, you know, bugs me about, you know, um, the Christians in the most American churches, after listening to George Gordon, you know, um, enough of him is is seeing how, how how you know the Christians in the most American churches also, you know, allowed you know uh, themselves you know how they allowed government to get them you know you know to you know go along with things that are that are re- uh, you know of the Communist Manifesto. You were reading the Communist Manifesto. No, I think I, to, to go I, along I, with the planks. I, I read that. Oh, I, I read the Communist Manifesto, um, but I, I also uh, heard uh, enough about it from George Gordon. And, and uh, I'm not sure I who these guys are, but uh, I, I, it doesn't sound like I disagree with them. So I guess it doesn't matter. But uh, I. I'm, I'm with you. I think that uh, you know people have a responsibility from um, you know a sort of a political angle to keep their religion the hell out of their voting practices. But they're never going to do that as long as people have the vote. They're always going to vote, you know, what what benefits them. And you know, from a Christian angle, they believe that getting rid of all the sin in the world benefits them. So that's what they're going to do. And that's the that's one of the problems with the system that we have, this uh, democratic republic that we have. And um, I I just don't think there's anything we're ever going to do to solve it, unfortunately. Tim. Yeah. Yep. Sounds like Tim agrees. Thanks for thanks for calling. I appreciate that. I think you're voting for McCain and Palin because you've given up. Given up. Well, you say we're never going to solve the problem of having a democratic republic. I, t- I, t- I do agree with that, yeah. 
We're not. I mean, the only thing, well, the only solution, as far as I can tell, is secession for um, New Hampshire and every other state. I'm all you folks in other state, states. I'm for you for seceding. Well, then we could solve it by doing that. I'm I'm for that, but there's no vote for secession. I can vote for uh, McCain and Palin in order to uh, mire up the system out there that I'm likely going to have to deal with for the next four years. Probably the secession that's going to occur in New Hampshire not going to occur in the next four years. It's just a prediction. It doesn't make me right. And so, therefore, I might as well vote for my own benefit, um, which is, I believe, to mire the government as much as possible. I'm not so sure I agree that the two parties are different enough that they're actually going to disagree. Oh, I'm not saying that it's going to mire it a great deal. I'm only saying a small amount of miring, Uh, you know, tossing a bit of mire into the machine rather than streamlining it. My question to you is why not? Just abstain so you don't have to have, you know, feel dirty. Because I can tell you feel dirty about voting for McCain. You I, do. You, you you clearly didn't want to say, have to admit that you were voting for McCain. Oh, I just, just because I know what I'm going to have to deal with from the listeners. Um, you know, they, they all believe all kinds of different things. And But if you're to the point where you're, you're considering McCain, because I know your previous position uh, some months ago had been, you were thinking about voting for Obama because you felt that McCain was going to kill all kinds of people around the world. Yeah, and yeah, I was looking at that. So you, you're willing to... I think to, it was uh, the Democrat, which uh, would have been uh, Clinton, actually. But So you're, over willing to, you're willing to overlook the fact that McCain probably still will kill more brown people around the world. Um, I think that he may very well do just that. And I, you're still willing to and, and essentially, because I feel that a vote is to some extent an endorsement. It's I, I, You know, I'm with you to some that, that they can view it as an endorsement. I, however, don't mean it as an endorsement. I only mean it as a strategic move in order, um, you know, not, that, not to say that my strategy likely is going to amount to anything, but I've been taught and indoctrinated all my life. This vote is important, so, and and it will be the first time I ever do get to vote for a president. By the way, well, I have to say, I I just personally feel that voting for either of the two major candidates, playing that game of who's slightly less, the lesser of the evils, is not going to get the country anywhere. And it's more of a wasted vote, in my opinion, to vote for one of those two, because I don't feel that the the machine that is government, the party apparatus of either of those parties, is too concerned with which one of the, the two slates you vote for, as long as you vote Democrat or Republican. And I think that a third party... You know, people go breaking to third parties and independence scares them a lot more. I'm all for a third more. party. Believe me, I am all for a third party. But the thing is, is with a third party, it, they have to they have to meet a higher criteria for me to vote for them because chances are good that they're not going to win this particular election. And all that they're going to use my vote for is that the next election that they'll be that much more important and significant. Well. This election, they have done a very bad job. The Libertarians have done a poor job of putting up a candidate that I can vote for. I would vote for the Libertarian. I would if there was a Libertarian on oh, 48 states' uh, ballots and the and that Libertarian was a Libertarian like Bednarik or Brown or you know the other candidates they put up in the past. But they're not. They haven't. And sorry, I, I you can't, they can't have my vote. <laughs> I would rather vote for Chuck Baldwin with the Constitution Party, quite frankly, or someone. I'm with you on, I, on, on wanting a third party, but 
I, the, as far as in my mind, a third party needs to, at the very least, fulfill my criteria for uh, you know what I believe a politician should be doing. And P- Baldwin isn't even close. I mean, uh, he, he's as close as uh, Bob Barr or uh, Sarah Palin. Well, it's it certainly it's your vote. So, so if I'm going to vote for somebody that I don't uh, that that's a crappy vote, you know, I, if I'm going to vote for somebody who's, uh, as far as I'm concerned, not in line with my principles, why not vote for one of the two major um, candidates? Because the, the the third parties didn't do their job this year. Certainly, they didn't. I, I think the Libertarians blew a big opportunity. I'd rather see you write in Bart Simpson than. than Bart's vote. not going to win. Yeah, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free talk live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. It's the show about your call, so... Call and uh, talk about, well, whatever you want to talk about. Likely, uh, you know, pe- people are calling in about what uh, we're talking about now, so uh, people want to lambast me, but uh, before they do, SACL CAI has a full orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. You can check out their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. Main sponsors of the show, good folks, please patronize them. And uh, let's see, we've got uh, Gene the Christian Anarchist wants to talk about my views on uh, religion and politics here together, so uh, let's go to him. Gene, you there? Hi, is Jason there? Jason? Yeah. Uh, No Jason here. Jason's not working today. No. Okay. Anyway, um... I did want to challenge your premise that people should not vote according to their conscience, uh, according to their religion. And the reason that I say that is because everybody votes according to their conscience, just like everybody lives according to their conscience. So I, to I agree. Somebody to vote, huh? I agree. So expect to expect somebody to vote any other way than according to their religion, which is a, a very, very deep uh, integral to their uh, conscience. Re- yeah, absolutely. So you could not possibly expect somebody to separate their vote from their religion any more than I would expect an atheist to separate their vote from their belief in uh, no uh, no God. Right. I, I so, agree with you. I agree with you that it makes no sense and it's not going to happen. And uh, you know that. So rather, what I would do is uh, separate them from their vote, um, their vote no, over my what life. You, what you need. What you need to do is to just make sure that everybody understands what freedom is, because as a Christian, I'm not interested in voting for tyranny. Now, you may think that all Christians, or most Christians, want to, and I think that's probably uh, true, that most Christians want to vote for uh, their view of morality. But if uh, the Christians that I've talked to and I've instructed them on what true freedom is, they see 
for instance, the gun in the room. So the gun in the room argument is an excellent argument to bring up with anybody, or not even an argument, just a point to make and, and to show them that, well, sure, you can try and vote in all these laws for your morality, but in doing so, you have to be violent to well, people. Gene, you what do you think about my... I, I'm with you. I, I think that the gun in the room is a good argument. Um, what do you think about my argument of the Pharisees and explaining to them what a Pharisee was at the time that Jesus came and then pointing out how uh, voting for you know, against people's freedom and against people's ability to make their own decisions is acting like a Pharisee. So therefore, they're not just uh, they're not, not just not acting like Christians. They're actually antichrists. Well, I think that's a, that's a very good argument. I think it's uh, uh, can be used effectively if you uh, have a knowledge of Christianity. But some people in the freedom movement don't have a, that knowledge of Christianity. They only have to so have I the think, knowledge uh, of uh, they only have to have be Christians with a knowledge of Christianity. If I'm, I'm certain there are some out there that aren't that don't have the well, knowledge. They have to know enough to know what Pharisees are. And, right, and Christians what, what should know did. that. Right, don't they? I know, but. Right, and your argument is a good one. I like it. My argument's for Christians, not for freedom movement people, I guess. Right, but I'm talking about for other freedom movement people who are talking to Christians and want to bring ah, them into the fold. Gotcha. Number Understand. one, you don't want to get negative. You don't want to go negative on people. Uh, and sometimes it's hard not to. I mean, yeah, Especially I when there's a gun in the room, right? And they're, and they're um, advocating using it. <laughs> right. So that, I think that people need to learn how to use these tools effectively, how to argue effectively and how to bring their point across effectively. Because when it breaks down to just a shouting match, you might as well just leave the room because it's no longer effective and nothing's going to happen. That much is true. And uh, I've seen it break down into shouting matches so often. And uh, and then I shake my head and I'm sorry because nobody's going to get through to anybody in that regard. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. So, In fact, uh, the guy that I wanted to call in the other day about... Um, uh, about the uh, black hole machine, mm-hmm. he is—he's uh, a good friend of mine. But are you, we don't see eye are to you eye segueing from Christianity to black holes? No, I'm just making the <laughs> point that this this gentleman that I wanted to call in, uh-huh. who's a scientist up here at the NTF, he's not a Christian, but him and I get along very well. And uh, not only that, but uh, well, I won't say other things that we disagree on, but we disagree on several things. But one thing we do agree on is the the way that the country is going and the police state and the fact that we need more freedom and less government. So those are the kind of things you always want to draw people in on the points that you agree on, not the ones you disagree on. I, I'm with you. So anyway, I, I disagreed with you on the fact that uh, it wouldn't be good for people to vote according to their religion. Of course and they look, have to. you got me to agree with you now. Okay, good. <laughs> That's great. But anyway, <sighs> if you want to switch gears... I just uh, came from the air races, and we had a great day today. Um, everything is nice and clean, no accidents. Uh, we had uh, good um, participation in the audience. We've had a, a pretty good turnout in spite of the uh, fact that the economy is going downhill. I do love um, to see them airplanes flying around at them air shows. They are fantastic. Uh, some, everybody should go to the web and look at the website, uh, airrace.org. And have you been there? Did you go there after I... I think I did last I... year. I, I'm pretty sure I did last year. Let me get on to some other calls here, Gene. Yeah. Thanks. Right, thank you. 800-259-9231. Free Talk Live. Nick, did you want to chime in here real quick? 
No, no, okay. I was just saying Sorry, I, I you're like pointing it, at me with your pen. I like aviation too, so oh. I was just gonna throw that in there for Gene. I, I you know, maybe I'll actually uh, check that out. Yeah. Demetrius, New York. Hey Mark, can you hear me? I I can hear you quite well, yes. Excellent. Well, you know, I do go by Demetrius, but I was thinking of changing it to lollipop and stuff. Ah, that is a good one. Following Ian's example. Yeah, yeah, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> I I noticed that he's. Uh, what has he done? Okay, so it's, it was Ian Bernard Freeman. So now he's going by like a woman who has married a man named Freeman. He's going by <laughs> I.B. Freeman. It's crazy. All right, Mark. Uh, um, you had made a comment. I don't know if it was last week or the I week before. I did, or Ian he did. Said, I did. Oh, you did. Okay. You said nobody, not you know, hardly anybody would ever call about anything. So I decided I was going to call you about something. What's that? So, um. Have you seen the rest of Dr. Horrible yet? I haven't. I don't even know how to see it. I'm not real good on the internets. Okay, um, I, I will I will send you a link. You'll see me send me a link. Now I've seen the one where, you know, he uh he gets Dr. Hammer or Mr. Hammer guy. Yeah, that's the, the end of part 1. I'll send you part 2 and 3. Okay. I've seen I've seen okay. that and I'm interested in seeing the rest. Is that it? And the last thing uh-huh. is um I had sent you an email a while back about changing the voting system to have instant runoff elections. I'd love to see it. And you said you were for that, but you weren't for eliminating the Electoral College. So I was just wondering why that was. Well, I, for one, I am a sort of ethnically a conservative. Um, I don't like new things, uh, changes to anything that doesn't, isn't my <laughs> idea. threatened by change. <laughs> right. And so, you know, something that's stuck around as long as the Electoral College isn't something that I'm necessarily ready to do. And when you look at it, you know, big cities would have far more sway than uh, little states when in, in the, you know, sort of uh, in the arena of, um, you know, just the popular vote. And I don't want the big cities to be able to, you know, Detroit. Do you want uh, the the voters of Detroit running America? I don't. The voters of uh, New York City, uh, Los Angeles, Detroit. I think Houston is up in there. Um, you know, I'm just I'm naming off the top 10 metros. Those places would run America, and and America, you know, shouldn't be run that way. I think that uh, the states like Wyoming and um, New Hampshire, Vermont, uh, well, South I mean, Dakota, they'd be hurt by that. Fair that like a state like Alaska, which has the lowest population, your vote counts the most because your vote goes the furthest to sway the the electoral votes towards your candidate. I don't think any of it's fair. I don't think that uh, the federal government, uh, you know, I, I think the federal government should be so small it doesn't matter. And it is actually a nod towards federalism, which is the idea that the states have a lot more say than the, the central government. 800-259-9231, Free Talk Live, your calls. Live, 800-259-9231. Show about your calls. Call in and talk about whatever you want. But uh, I wanted to tell you real quick about the Free State Project. Uh, Recently, I have uh, made a pledge, Ian did too, that uh, I was going to donate uh, $10 to St. Jude's Hospital for everybody who joined the Free State Project, at freestateproject.org, by next... Thursday, I believe, at 5 p.m. or something like that, because that's when I checked the uh, the number and I sort of got a count. 
and uh, recorded that. So, and and we've had a tremendous response. More people have joined in the last 24 hours than normally join in a week. Sometimes two. So um, apparently, uh, people out there want to break me, and that's fine. I will, uh, I will send five dollars, and Ian will also send five dollars. So that's ten, and I'm sure that uh, I'm sure there's going to be some other people uh, want to get on, in on the bandwagon to uh, St. Jude's Hospital because they help kids with cancer. Who doesn't like that? Uh, if you uh, join up for the Free State Project, bye. Thursday. So get get your significant other out there. Uh, you know, get them to join. If you were thinking about joining, now's the time because not only are you going to be able to uh, help us to have liberty in our lifetimes, but you'll also be helping some kid with cancer. So freestateproject.org. And uh, I think uh, Ziggy was calling in from the UK. Let's find out what Ziggy's got to say. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm well, sir. Good. Have you uh, read John Stuart Mill's On Liberty yet? I have not. Um, I've got so many books piled up, it'll probably be a year before I get to it, quite honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, uh, one, one thing I'd, I'd pick up on um, what Gene said is um, people voting according to their conscience. What if someone doesn't have a conscience, or if somebody's conscience is to control others? Because often you find that um, people want the will of the majority to be implemented. I found this out a lot lately. Yeah, yeah, they do. And um, I think that to some extent his point was not that people shouldn't vote their consciences, but that people couldn't not vote their consciences. And I'm I'm of that opinion, and I just don't think that people should have a vote over my life. Um, they can make suggestions about how I do things, but uh, as long as I'm not hurting anyone else, I don't feel like they should have a vote over how I live my life or how much money I have to pay to them. To me, that's Exactly. Just, this yeah. is why you need to read, read Mill, because he articulately... Um, Argued that the tyranny of the majority should be n- never should be used. Did you just mispronounce articulate or, or lifestyle? I'm I'm with I'm with you. And I'd, 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 also, I'd, I'd also say that it is very dangerous when people are conditioned into thinking that the tyranny of the majority justifies actions. As far as I'm concerned, if no one is doing any harm then they should, be, they should never be prohibited from doing such action. Not, not only should they not be prohibited, but the people that try to prohibit them from doing the action should be prosecuted as criminals, because what exactly. they are doing is essentially kidnapping. It's false imprisonment, or you know, the, the bigoted uh, term white slavery. Um, and it's wrong. So if you vote to have your neighbor's, oh, I don't know, his uh, dumpster moved around back or something like that, if he didn't sign any kind of uh, obligation like a uh, deed-restricted community, then you, what business do you have of where his dumpster is? I'm just quickly bringing 2012 here. I, I was going to talk about the 2012 Olympics, and this, funny enough, ties in with that. Basically, that no one people in London, did they want the 2012 Olympics? They wanted? There was a bidding, uh, you know, a committee set up to bid for the 2012 Olympics. We won the Olympics. The budget was set at $3 billion. The budget has now risen to $9 billion. That's and real probably money. will rise even higher than that. And it is the London taxpayer who's probably going to have to foot most of the bill. Swell. Yet no one actually voted for the London Olympics who lives in London. Really? Yeah. I mean, do, so, do you live in London, Ziggy, by the way? We were asking. No, I... I miss out, but I miss this out. I miss out paying for the London Olympics by God. two streets. Excellent. So, what town is it that you live in then? 
Leatherhead. Um, it's Leatherhead? right by, there's a, a motorway around, the end, uh, around London called the M25. Yeah. And I live two streets away from the exit ramp on the side, which isn't London. But don't, don't get too specific. People will buy, be by at your house for dinner. Um, <laughs> I'm with you, and I think it's the, I think it's the same case with uh, when you're talking about uh, you know the uh, the sports teams. This is the same thing because you know it, with when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, I know, and I'm sure this is true for every football yeah. and baseball and hockey team in America and likely around the world, is they get the uh, town to pay for their stadium or help. Um, yeah, well, that's that's different here. The teams themselves do own the stadium. Good. Um, and I'd like to announce I'm a proud Celtic supporter. So um, Boston uh, Celtics? And I, I even know that in America you'll know of Celtic and Rangers. What's this? Celtic Rangers, huh? <laughs> you don't know about Celtic and Rangers? No, I don't. I, 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 I it's think the fiercest you... soccer rivalry in the world. Um, <laughs> well, I thought Manchester uh, United was... It derived out of sectarian lines, um, as you know, Northern Ireland and Western Scotland, uh... being problems between Catholics and Protestants. And I was brought up to be a Celtic supporter. So Celtics isn't the basketball team from uh, Boston, right? No, no, no. We're, okay. we're, we're talking. We're talking Glasgow here in Scotland. I see. And what do they play? These these folks. Uh, soccer. Ah, they kick that ball around. That is some awesome stuff. Oh, sorry, I meant to say soccer. Soccer. Um, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll go, dude. Um, Thanks a lot, Ziggy. Okay. Appreciate the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Yeah, those foreign folks and their uh, their their football. It's amazing. They, I, it seems so boring to me. I'm sure they feel the same when they're watching uh, hockey. For instance, is a relatively low scoring game. It's essentially soccer on ice, right? Um, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I knew about Manchester United and you know the Celtics or the Rangers. I've, I've heard I thought Manchester. the same thing because aren't the Rangers? Uh, I thought they were a New York hockey team. I. Uh, yeah, I think so, or something. They're I mean, a hockey team, I'm or something. I'm so totally unprepared when it comes to sports talk. But I'm bad with all sports. I mean, I I couldn't tell you anything about I American like football. I like to watch football games, either. but I don't care very much. So I, I I'd like to watch Tampa Bay Buccaneers games because I care more about them playing. And sometimes I like a live baseball game, but you know it's so hard when you don't care who wins or loses, and it's hard to care who wins or loses when you know that the the money to be won goes to the team and to the owner and all that other stuff, and none of it goes to you. I just paid for a ticket. So it's just entertainment, and to me, I don't know. I'm, I just, I'm, I'm not as entertained as some. Anyway, let's go to Fed in Michigan. Fed? Hey, no, Fred. Chris? Fred. Uh, Fred? Fred, okay. That's better than Fed. <laughs> yeah. Frederick, uh, what would you like to talk New about, York sir? Rangers, in, in fact. Yes? Anyway, um... <laughs> Soccer. I, I always wanted to know how to properly pronounce that word. Which one? Soccer? Soccer. Yes. I, I, it's just him trying to sound English, which is funny, or trying to sound <laughs> no, American. I, I, he, he was a great caller. I enjoyed listening. Clever guy. And that accent, I think anybody who calls with that accent uh, is is uh, worthy of uh, astute an astute ear. I think that it's the Cockney accent, which is sort of like the uh, the English version of uh, Ebonics from the old days, kind of. Uh, you know, it's like the fork, the poor folks uh, uh, spoke uh, a Cockney, although it seems to have more class, my, in my yeah. opinion. Anyway, well, go ahead. So, uh, as I was waiting, uh, you you did uh, mention your your challenge there and and, and goodwill toward the uh, St. Jude Children's Hospital. Good folks. And that tweaked uh, 
my memory of a article that I discovered in my due diligence research, uh, a fellow by the name of Otto Warburg, Not who's familiar. a Nobel Prize biochemist. Okay. In a, in a science journal, well, entitled Science, uh, the journal Science, 24 February 1956. 24 February 1956. Thanks. Well, uh, whether it's St. Jude's or Mayo or wherever, mm-hmm. uh, the the consensus of opinion, which seems to be uh, the scourge of of this country, uh, whether it's in the medical arena or the political arena or any other, uh, the educational arena. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's a lady out your way that worked in Reagan's administration. Charlotte Iserbeet, Iserbeet authored the book, The Deliberate Dumbing Down of America. And does have a website, deliberatedumbingdown.com. Mm-hmm. That's a must-read book for, especially the Christian audience that that needs a, a a kick in the butt to do something other than vote. Uh, but Otto Warburg, in that article, The Origin of Cancer Cells, specifically identified and delineated the precise. Uh, metabolic mechanism of cancer causation. Okay. And I have yet, since Ten I started seconds. questioning in 1980 when my dad became afflicted with an autoimmune disease, which three years after he died, I heard an interview with a Dr. Leonard Horowitz, who's from Harvard. Horowitz has got quite some died. ideas. we got to go. 800-259-9231. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live. It's your show. Call in about well, whatever you'd like to talk about. It's your show. But uh, until then, we're gonna talk about what we want to talk about. And uh, I got this article here from Reason Magazine that uh, has kind of been bugging me. I read it today and I wanted to share it. Retired Glenwood Springs car dealer John Haynes hoped for of donating a giant chunk of. Snow White marble to the federal government to replace the cracked tomb of the unknown of the unknown soldier in Arlington National Cemetery has been stalled again. Haynes' hope for hope for donation, which has sat outside the Yule Quarry near marble um, near marble since it was uh, cut for the tomb in 2003 didn't even rate a mention in a 34-page Department of the Army report to Congress this week on replacement and repair options for the deteriorating tomb. Haynes' donation creates problems for the federal government because it's free and has not gone through a pricey bidding and specifications process. This week's report, the latest in a string of tomb reports done since Arlington officials decided the marble needed replacing eight 
15 years ago, estimates the cost of replacing the tomb's marble at $2.2 million. Chump change for the federal government, 80000 for that, just for seeking the bids. 90000 for buying and transporting the marble, and the remainder for sculpting. Haynes, by the way, bought it for $30,000. Um, uh, he made the final payment last week, 31000 He also has lined up donated transport for the um, rock to a on a um, on a flag decorated flatbed truck he did all this after receiving a letter from the army major general 5 years ago thanking him for his most kind and generous donation better that that the government spent $170,000 merely soliciting a bid than Another $2.2 million on the actual marble because who knows what kind of bargain marble Haynes is donating. (laughs) Except Haynes marble isn't just any marble. It was cut from the same Yule quarry where the original gold vein marble for the tomb of the unknown was mined nearly 80 years ago. The marble on the outside of the Lincoln Memorial also came from that quarry. The tomb replacement piece was cut after nearly five years search for an unflawed piece that would look Exactly like the original. Do you see where this is going, Nick? Uh, that a private individual was able to do something much cheaper than government, much more effective. Yeah, like a hundred times cheaper than the government. It's just so ridiculous. So stupid. I mean, that the federal government would be in charge of something so important as the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and we just ignore it. We figure, oh, well, you know, no big deal. But in the process, they steal money from Americans in order to pay for this tomb of theirs, which I think is is fine and dandy. I mean, I don't know that... I I figure if you died in those senseless wars, at the very least, you deserve some level of recognition. And I think your country should, uh, you know, take care of you. The the government should take care of you. But the idea that the government would be in charge of something as important as the Tomb of the Unknown, it seems ludicrous to me. And it's clear and obvious by this story that, in fact, it would be taken care of far better if it was done in a private in the private marketplace, because this guy's doing it all on his own, he spent thirty one thousand dollars. He's got a piece that was original. It's basically original from the original quarry. The federal government has already spent um, all tons of money and is expecting to spend a, a budget of two point two million, from what I've got here, um, on replacing it. He's he needs to get a craftsman in in order to replace it, but at this point he spent thirty one thousand dollars and got transport uh, donated on a, a better, likely a better uh, uh, truck than the, the federal government was going to get, and with a, as good of a piece as they could have possibly have gotten. So, the only problem with uh, Haynes's marble really does seem to be the fact that he wants to donate it. It's just not doable. A citizen can't give us any piece of marble and say, "That's." Um, this is what we'll use to replace the tomb, says uh, Herman uh, Thurman Higginbotham, Deputy Superintendent Arlington. Meanwhile, the free room-sized block of marble gracing a hillside and um, near marble, which is uh, the name of the town, draws some curious tourists to snap pictures in front of it. Haynes said that if it can't be uh, used for the tomb, he has the option to sell it back to the quarry, where it will be used, cut up, and sold for other projects, probably people's uh, bathroom vanities and things like that. I understand how the government works, Haynes said. But there comes a point when you just have to say the hell with it. I mean, here's a guy that loves his country, wants to donate a piece of marble, and they're just just laughing and spitting in his face. It's disgusting. Well, don't you know it takes 18 years? 18 years <laughs> cu- it's taken for to them cu- to, to, to drag their feet on this. To buy a piece of rock, basically. I mean, it, it's amazing how inefficient and, and the timescales involved. I mean, 
And when you come to think that the government is in charge of the licensing process for new medication, for uh, new technology for broadcast <laughs> media, think just think of how many technologies we NASA. don't have today. Right, space exploration. Think of how many technologies we don't have today, how many advancements are, are sitting somewhere in the regulatory process, because the government is so slow and inefficient. If they just got out of it, we would be far better off. We would have technologies today that... Uh, we probably won't for another 10 or 15 years anyway. And, you know, the idea that we allow the uh, FDA to decide what medicines that we uh, we get scares the crap out of me. This just goes to show how inefficient this organization is. And so many people want it to solve so many problems. I, I, I you know, the, the big summit was, uh, I think, yesterday on 9-11 for uh, national service and you listen to these guys, and they're just, they swear to God that, that volunteerism would work better if the government was involved. T- please, please tell me one thing that has ever worked better with the government involved. Well, I suppose mass and wholesale killing. Yeah, the government yeah. seems pretty effective at that. I wonder whether the free marketplace could probably do better, but they <laughs> well, just you want have no interest that. in it. Right. Because, well, customers and stuff. <laughs> so... No, it doesn't make any sense. The, the government is a wasteful, evil organization. Evil, I mean, because people that can do, you know want to do evil can get in control of it. And therefore, that's bad. Uh, they, the only way they can fund themselves is by stealing through taxes. I don't care whether, uh, whether it's one guy trying to take money from me or the majority of the people in the town, majority of the people in the state, the majority of the people of the country, or some people that the majority of the people in the country voted in. You don't have the rights. You cannot give away the rights that you do not have. You cannot assign the rights you do not have to someone else. If you don't have the right to steal from me, then you can't assign the right to steal from me to someone else. The majority of the people do not have the right to steal from me. They may have the ability that doesn't give them the right. And therefore, the majority of the people, and by the way, the majority of the people have never voted for any damn body because the majority of the people don't get out and vote. Um, The majority of the people cannot assign the right to take away my property to me. Taxes are theft. Therefore, the government She's evil. That's it. It's simple. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the idea when people say limited government. That's what they mean. I mean, limited. Yeah, limited. I, limited I'm with you. I, you know, I was thinking about uh, it, it. It can be so difficult um, to get people to, you know, try to voluntary solutions inside of the government. Um, I was uh, talking to in my town, uh, talking to the guys that uh, run the fire department where I'm a volunteer, and I was. You know, suggesting that maybe we do a buy call uh, charge for people that uh, you know call us out, especially uh, people that call us out on a regular basis. And they're like, "Yeah, we were thinking about doing that, but the town takes such good care of us. You know, why do it? Why not steal from people?" They don't look at it that way, but that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's really hard because I, I don't think a lot of people really see past what the state apparatus. They don't see past the fact that. The government doesn't legitimize theft merely by the fact that they call themselves a government. And even if most people agree with a theft, that doesn't make it not thievery. Uh, And I I just think that a lot of people are hung up on that. If they can get past that and get to the concept that, yes, even when the government takes money by force, that's stealing. 
that's the core of the argument. And they need that's what they need to understand. Seems obvious to me. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live. It's your show. Call in about, well, whatever you want to talk about. And uh, while you do that, we'll we'll do a radio show here and read a few articles. Um, What if a socialist became the president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama? John McCain? The North American Union? Unconstitutional drug and gun laws? A national ID card? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project participants choose... What event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom? Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And uh, let's go to Paul in California. Paul? Hey, Mark. Hey, what's going on? Good to talk to you. Thank you. Glad you're keeping up the, the good work about freedom. Doing my hey, best I was here. Listening to your, I was listening to your story about the uh, the donate, do, guy trying to donate the marble. Yeah. Uh, I was just, just thinking that, hey, if people instead of paying their tax bill, would call it a donation, the federal government would have so much trouble accepting it, maybe they'd go out of business. <laughs> Just right on the top of your uh, IRS form, donation. And then uh, because yeah. they can't can't seem to take donations uh, properly, that uh, they would just go, they, they, uh, they, it would just throw gum up the works so bad that uh, they'd go out of business, huh? I think that's worth a shot. I'm with you, Paul. <laughs> Anyway, I, uh, I I listen to you guys on on the podcast, and I usually listen while driving. And uh, on your on previous shows, I always keep thinking of things that you were had talked about in the past. And, oh, I really want to call in about that. But since I'm driving, I can't really take notes. So then, when I finally do get a chance to call, it's like I can't remember any of the things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> but keep up the word good work. I really appreciate the the fact that you're actually out there in, in the real world. Uh, I share your. Uh, um, Whoa! That just <laughs> some guy about to smash into somebody. They missed him. <laughs> it happens. Oh boy! Anyway, the, uh, it, Paul. yeah, keep up the good work, and uh, um, I, I'll, I'll keep calling in. And one of these days, I'll remember the, the thing I wanted. Some of the things I wanted to talk to you about, but uh, you get Thanks, into Paul. so many different subjects, and I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Well, I do uh, understand where he's coming from on the donation thing. I I wish that uh, the federal government would ask for donations rather than uh, demanding us taxes and threatening to throw you uh, in prison if you don't wish to to pay them. Yeah, it it would be an improvement. Yeah, it it does. I mean, one area where I can see an argument for taxes is corporate taxes because corporations are essentially constructs of the government. I mean, all a corporation is is a file folder, and the government... And their court system acknowledges that the corporation is essentially an individual. So, an individual that can live forever. Right. So it's cor- crazy. A corporation. The government know, can make can can grant you immortality. Right. Well, at least if you're a corporation. Right. So a corporation doesn't derive rights from nature or from God. I mean, you can't say that corporations were created equal. I mean, they were created by the state. So I'm it makes you. sense that you know if the state creates this legal fiction, then as part of their rules, they can demand you know, a certain tribute from the corporations. So I think that that's one way where you can really avoid the initiation of force and still collect tax revenue. But 
I think that it's know. interesting that uh, so many Christians support the uh, federal government and its uh, um, size and scope, and uh, obviously some state governments too. When you think about their religion, um, God asks for ten percent of uh, you know man's work um, in the in the Bible, which I think is uh, you know just a trick that the preachers, the old time preachers, uh, slid in there to you know try to get people to. You know, give up 10% of it. They figured, well, let's see. If we could get people just to give 10%, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it'd be so much more than what we're getting now. This is how small governments used to be. So, um, you know, that was their their trick. Now now the government's taking, well, 25 30 35 40%. That's just income tax, by the way. Do they think they're three times, four times as important as God? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Given the attitude that some politicians have, you know, and I'm not a religious person, so I'm not making a, you know, I don't pay a tith. I don't think most religious I people pay ten percent to their church anymore. The height of hubris. But, oh, the yeah. height of hubris. Yeah. I mean, if supposedly all you had to give to the church was ten percent, considering how important the church was during the times when some of the, you know, the Bible verses that that do cite that or where that originated were written. Mm-hmm. Even if the state is supposed to be very, very important, I can't see an argument for saying it's more important than your religious faith. So, you know, 10%, I, I'd be happy with a government that could only take 10% of well, my Well, 9.9. 9, yeah, less than the 9.99, whatever. But right. essentially, don't, don't, don't take more than what a church would try to take. That would seem, uh, that would seem at the most, if, if 9.9% was the highest tax rate, that to me would be, uh, it would, would make the most sense. Well, it'd be a market improvement of what we have now. Yeah. Really, I mean, and you pay taxes. The, the, the fact is a lot of people don't realize that they pay as many taxes as they do because many of the costs from taxation are hidden. It's not a direct tax. You're not paying it on your income, and it's not necessarily on sales. You, you know, when you purchase an item, if you're in a state that has sales tax, uh, sometimes, you know, the companies that are producing goods and services have to pay payroll taxes. They have to, you know, their employees have to pay income taxes. So they pay proportionally more. The corporation pays taxes. The, the, the CEOs of the company pay taxes on and on. So the costs that are added on to the, you know, the chain of production and distribution, those, you know, some of them, could they be absorbed by the corporation? Because I, I hear the argument a lot that not all costs are passed on. Okay, not every cost is passed on if they well, have a healthy profit margin, but many companies well, operate. No, no. It, 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 see, the overhead. This is people that say that um, you know they're they're partially right and they partially don't know what the hell they're talking about. Essentially, the costs are what the costs are to produce whatever product it is that you produce, and the government can make more costs just by you know the the stroke of a pen because they have the guns. And what somebody is willing to pay is what somebody is willing to pay, and. To largely, there's never the twain they meet. It doesn't really matter. Uh, what, what matters is that um, if it's going to cost you $1,000 to dig a big hole in my front yard, but I'm only willing to pay you $100 to do it, you won't do it. So it, what matters is is how much you're willing to make in the process. Do you understand? Uh, yeah, I understand that. Like what but- I'm willing to pay is what I'm willing to pay, and what – you're, you know, what it costs you to do it is what it costs you to do it, and then how much you're willing to to work for is what you're willing to work for, and that's really all there is to it. Well, I guess, but let's let's look at it this way: um, a company that distributes canned beans. Obviously, there's costs incurred there because the farmers pay taxes, so they need to charge more to make ends meet when they when they sell these beans to whatever 
wholesaler or company that produces them. And you've got all kinds of taxes on the gas to transport the beans that the, the equi- there's the, the equipment to uh can the beans of course right there's uh, the lights in the supermarket right. and uh you know the advertising the supermarket does right and and all of those goods and services that that go into that process of making the end product the company supplying the machines the metal for the machines they're all paying taxes so it does inflate the cost but when you're looking at say this bean company let's say they offer operate with a, a high profit margin let's say they have a 50% net profit, which would be extremely high, but let's just say for the sake of argument that if they sell a $2 can of beans, what actually comes back as pure profit to the company is a dollar, just for the sake of argument. If taxes go up slightly, they might not pass that cost on sure. and raise the price of the beans. Absolutely true. They might just only make $0.90 cents or they $0.80 might. Cents on a can. Right. They wouldn't, it wouldn't necessarily get passed on. Absolutely but there's still true. money coming out of the productive economy so, and going to government, which will waste it. 800-259-9231, like they wasted it on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier recently. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Nick. And uh, we've got to control of the show this evening. So uh, if you're surprised that Ian's not on, well, you're no sadder than I am about it. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. And uh, I've been taking Dex C20 for, I guess, a little over a month, maybe six weeks now. Lost um, more than five pounds. And I'm... I, believe me, I recommend this to my friends and family. Dex C20 is working for me. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to change your lifestyle in any way. It just makes you want to eat less, and therefore the fat goes away. Uh, and also, there's none of that weird thing that goes on with most diet pills where you get all fidgety and people don't want to be around you. Don't have to worry about that. Dex C20. Diet.freetalklive.com. It's also available at Walgreens, CVS, GNC. That's diet.freetalklive.com. Got an article here, which uh, just the sort of thing that the just, Justice Department would uh, be wanting to do is apparently they're going after Google on antitrust laws. What a good idea. Uh, we've been somewhat confused by the talk of the of an – this is uh, from techdirt.com. We've been somewhat confused by the talk of an antitrust action against Google for its ad deal with Yahoo, which doesn't seem likely to raise prices despite what critics say. However, it's because increase, it's become increasingly clear that the government is very likely going to move ahead with this. As we already noted, we being uh, techdirt.com, the Justice Department has already hired a well-known outside attorney to lead the charge. It seems unlikely that they would do that if they weren't planning to make a big splash. Plus, news is spreading that the Justice Department is already sharing info on this case with California's Attorney General. And potentially another state's attorney general, general as well. Oh, good. These guys that don't do anything for the productive economy are going to go after one of the big companies here in America, employing all kinds of people, providing people with all kinds of goods and services, or at least um, services. I mean, they have, they do help get people goods and that kind of thing. And they're just going to try to make it difficult for them to do, you know, what it is that they do, and therefore. 
the American public and the world public is going to be less served because, well, if Google has to spend money on legal suits, it can't spend money on research, development, bringing new uh, products to market. The government's hurting us. Yeah, it's really – it relates to intellectual property, and it's not – I don't think it's the most exciting topic in the world all the time, but it's important because the Internet is largely based on – the sharing of information, the sharing of data, really it's just ones and zeros. And the question arises a lot. Do people who take a picture own that picture? For how long do they own that picture? Uh, you know, you own the physical copy, but do you own, if you put that image out on the internet, if I make a copy, does that then become mine? I mean, theoretically, I didn't do any less work in hitting the copy button than someone who took a picture or video did and hitting the record button or the hitting the shutter button. So it seems to me that this idea of intellectual property, you know, the way it's enforced now is simply outdated. We had uh, Stephen Kinsella. He's a um, property, uh, intellectual property attorney. And we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and I really like his sort of compromise. Um, now, he's against all intellectual property. I don't want to characterize this as his position. It is my position. However, I got it from speaking to him. He said, look, if we could limit uh, intellectual property to movies and drugs, I'd be happy to make that compromise. And I say we limit uh, intellectual property to movies and drugs. I think that we, um, you know, probably should shorten the uh, period of the patent on drugs um, in order to uh, allow uh, um, you know, uh, people to get in and compete in the generic market and that kind of thing. But I think that that would be a huge step. Limit copyright to movies and limit, <laughs> limit patents to, to drugs and then the rest. They'll be fine. All these industries will be fine. If you want to see a, um, a book publishing company that has a pretty cool uh, libertarian stance on uh, on intellectual property. Go check out Bain, B-A-E-N dot com. Uh, they do you know, mostly science fiction. They're, they're uh, a publisher that I enjoy reading uh, from. And you know their their very their stance right there on their ebook section is essentially: Look, if you try to circumvent the market, it's going to be bad for your business. We don't want bad things for our business, so here you go. Put them right out there. It's yeah. I mean, their business models. The idea that authors and musicians are not going to be able to make a living if the the current paradigm goes away, it just isn't true. I mean, there are people making a living uh, producing art that and you know art or whether it's writing or, or images or anything like that, music. Uh, that's not copyrighted, and people, you know, there there are different models for making that money. You might not make your money off of royalties as much when songs are played on air, but you can sell T-shirts. There's still and, performance. Yeah, you know, there's performance. Selling tickets to putting butts in seats like traditional, uh, you know, venues have done all along. And well, and many many bands make a lot of their money. You know, smaller groups or, or groups online make a lot of their money selling T-shirts and other high markup items. That, to be honest, it's just a T-shirt. But if you put your band name on there, it's worth a lot more. Yeah, you could buy a cheap knockoff, but you can do that already. And I think most music fans, like if you're a fan of a band. You don't want to buy the knockoff 
I, I think most people don't because they want to know that they own an original. So I know a that when I went to concerts, when I used to go to concerts, I wanted to have a T-shirt for every concert that I went to. To me, that was uh, a way of displaying this is the kind of band that uh, is important to me. This is the kind of person I am. I was there. I did it first. You can't tell me nothing. You know, I mean, the, to me, that was it was important. Now I uh, I, I shun uh, live music and I don't don't enjoy it at all. Let me go on with this article about uh, Justice Department. Going after Google for some damn reason. Now, it comes the news that the Justice Department isn't just thinking about stopping the ad deal between Yahoo and Google, but going after Google in general as a monopolist. What monopoly does Google have? This is uh, positively ridiculous. It is clearly politically motivated and funded by companies who simply don't like Google, companies that can't compete as well as Google. Yet nowhere has there been any evidence that Google's size has been used to abuse pricing power or to make things more expensive for customers. Rather, almost everything it's done has been to make things easier or cheaper for customers. Unfortunately, it appears that in this politically motivated world where Google didn't play the game, a bunch of politicians and the Justice Department officials want to charge Google with the crime of being too successful. And that's really what this comes down to. And that's what many of these uh, antitrust rules are about, is just being too successful. Honestly, it's about all they seem likely to have on their on the company because it's hard to see how it's abused its monopoly power in any way. Now, it doesn't have any monopoly power, and that's actually harms customers or prevents competition from entering the market. Google loves competition. Yeah, I, there are other search engines out there. They're, they're all over the place. You could use any one you want. I use Google because they have provided to me the things that I want. I have uh, Ian downloaded the new Google uh, web browser that they have out there. I enjoy it. It's working fine for me. And all I have to do to search is just go into the uh, the address bar, type in whatever it is that I want to search for, and up it pops. Well, to be honest, I you know I've used the new Google um, Google Chrome. It's the, you know the new yeah. Oh god, I'm spacing the name. It's a web search, browser. Web browser, yes. Um, shows you how into computers I am. Um, but you know I don't really think it's that much better than say Firefox. So you know, and that's I just happen to use Firefox. I've gotten used to it. Yeah, uh, and now I'm using that. So I hate the spell check on Firefox. That's it is my terrible. Yeah. The, the spell check is terrible. But um, you know, it, it's not as if Google has a monopoly. You can surf the web without yeah. using Google programs just fine. If that's absolutely, what you want to do. I could I could use Internet Explorer off my computer and never touch Google. Right. I mean, and many that, people don't. Right, uh, and many people do. But the reason they do is that you know Google is effective at what you so know. If you want to find something, once it's a again, great search engine. It proves that the government is there to punish its enemies, and to reward its friends. And that's all politics is, baby. That's all it is. The people that say they're going to do whatever, you know, they say whatever they're going to say, they do whatever they're going to do, only so they can get the power and the money that goes with the politics. They want to help their friends in business and those lobbyists so they can get paid. Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. This is uh, Mark sitting in the big boy chair tonight. (laughs) And Nick sitting in the uh, sidekick chair. Yeah, I think that's the wingman chair there. Wingman sounds better than sidekick, so I'll go with that. Yeah, Yeah, I'm definitely no sidekick. 800-259-9231. 
And uh, we were talking about, uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, the donations I'm going to make to St. Jude's Hospital on behalf, of, you know, for the amount of people that sign up for the Free State Project. And we've already got, I've already got 19 people have signed up since uh, yesterday, which is more people than normally sign up in like a week and a half, right? Were you looking at the statistics uh, on the website? Yeah, I was looking at the statistics and um, it looks like the average for the last six months, the weekly average for new participant signups is 12.3. So if you've gotten 19... Pretty minuscule. Right. So if you've gotten... And don't forget that the uh, rally for the Republic and whatever that march on Washington, D.C. for Ron Paul, both of those were within the last six months, so they've driven up those numbers some, to somewhat. Yeah, the, the last month has been better, probably because it includes this week, actually, this last couple of yeah. days. Um, the average is like 15.6, so you have a few more people per week signing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's pro- largely due to this... Uh, which is a good thing. Right, I mean, 19 people in one day um, due to, you know, this 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 drive. And I would, uh, if, if this is working, then more donations would probably work better. So I would encourage people to match my five stinking dollars per sign-up, uh, you know, to St. Jude's for people that uh, decide to join the Free State Project. And I think that we could, in the next week, really get a whole bunch of people to sign up for the Free State Project. I'd, sh- I'd sure like to see 100 um, that would that would make me very happy. I don't know that I expected to donate five hundred dollars, but uh, you know that's kind of what the purpose of this is: is to get you know to, to push me a little farther than I would have as far as donations. I probably would have written a check for fifty dollars or something, and already we're over what I would have written a check for. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we're moving forward and. Thanks a lot, hey, everybody who's uh, involved. If all they need, all we need is about eleven thousand four hundred more people, and we'll be we'll be clear above the twenty thousand mark. So that's that's only like fifty fifty five thousand for you, Mark. I'm that sure you can find somebody to help you out. Would be very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it would be, but the Free State Project would be a smashing success. Um, and it's interesting. I'd go knocking on Bob Hull's door real quick. <laughs> Jason Sakel, CAI. Yeah, but um, it, you know, it, it's interesting because um, I think a lot of people within the Free State Project are making up their mind to move. Uh, the members, the participant move status, the plans. It looks like, according to the Free State Project website, over a thousand people plan to move in the next two years. Um, the the first one thousand projects going on this year. I know some people aren't going to quite get here by the end of the year. They're pro- I, I, you know, even when they signed up, they said I'll probably be here in January of '09. It's a statement of intent, you know. I mean, I don't think I don't see why so many people get so wound up about the rules on it. Look, it says that the Free State Project signing up for the Free State Project says that you'll move to New Hampshire, the free, uh, you know, the the, the soon to be free state. Within five years of us reaching 20,000, we're at 8,500 right now. It looks like it could be quite a while until we reach 20,000. Um, Jason from SACL CAI and I are still working on a plan, but it it uh, seems to be faltering. Um, and so you know, it, there's no reasonable expectation that somebody's going to come and drag you off to uh, New Hampshire in in a year or something like that. Just sign up and then think about how you're going to get here. Well, yeah, but for those people who have signed up and are still trying to make up their minds about moving, uh, looking at the numbers here, almost 5,000 people, and that's 60% of the project, to say that their move plans are undecided. So they're you know they're not saying we're going to wait till 20,000. They're not saying you know, we're waiting for two or five more years. They're just saying we're not sure. So, I mean, if you're able to make the move right now, my question is why wait? 
uh, things aren't getting any better uh, in the rest of the country. Anyway. So much, they're getting so much better here in New Hampshire. Um, we ran well in two, uh, on Tuesday. We ran a whole bunch of pro liberty candidates. I can't tell you which ones um, that was in the primary. I can't tell you. The, the all the numbers I have to talk to Dennis uh, from uh, the NHLA to get those numbers and I haven't been able to talk to him yet he's been very busy Irina's ill and uh, but I do know that the the ones that were uh, sponsored by Jim Forsythe's pack I believe there are twenty nine total people that were sponsored by the pack um, and twenty one of them were successful in <clears throat> making it past that's pretty good casualty rates. Uh, it says to me that we're going to have quite a few liberty-loving people in the state house very soon, and Dennis from the NHLA said to me that, uh, or you know, said on the air that is all we need is a couple, three dozen um, liberty lovers in the state house, and it will gum up the work something fierce. It will make us a blo- well, voting block that must be listened to. I don't know. That and there's just... no other state that can even come close to that. No, and so no, they, they can't even look at liberty in, in other states. You can't. Even, you have no hope in California, in Illinois, in New York, in Massachusetts, in, in Florida, for that matter. I mean, at least in Florida, you can say the tax rate's lower than it is in most states, and and that's true even for New Hampshire, but because the tourists pay the taxes in Florida, but the government's getting bigger and bigger and bigger all the time. Let's not forget the the hurricanes. It'll crush you. They'll crush you. <laughs> yeah, no hurricanes, mudslides, earthquakes. We really don't have much of that. So that's another good reason to move. But no, seriously, I mean, it's there's no real good reason to wait. Uh, things here definitely. The Free State Project is making a change, and I I will say, you know, there there is a lot of work to be done uh, to, to reverse the trend of government growing. Even you know, here in New Hampshire, even with the great activists we have right now, yeah, absolutely true. But you but know, there's progress being made. There's I'm, absolutely more progress being made here than any place else. So if you're going to sign up for the Free State Project, um, and, and you've or you've done so in the last few days or recently, and you want to help St. Jude's, don't forget if you're moving and your girlfriend's moving or your wife's moving, she counts. If your child's moving with you, they count. They're people. They eat food and they, they draw breath. They're moving, and so sign them up, too, for the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. And uh, everybody who signs up in the next week, uh, Ian and I will donate 10 bucks to uh, St. Jude's Hospital to help kids with cancer. Who can't, like, who can't like that? Yeah, and I know a lot of people, are they're right on the edge about signing up, and it's a great, you know, it's a great time to do it. You can help out some, some kids who definitely need the help and, and do something good, and at the same time, set yourself up. You know, on a course to free yourself a little bit more, move to a state that, you know, it's not the free state yet, but I think we're we're on the course to getting there. Um, and it's just a matter of how quickly we get there. So the more people that sign up, the more people that commit to moving, the faster all of us get more, you know, liberty in our lifetime. That's what it's about. And it can happen. I know it's discouraging with what goes on on the national level, especially during election season. A lot of people burn out around this time of year. They withdraw into themselves. That's not going to get you free any more quickly. So really, if you're, you're considering the Free State Project, think about signing up now and you know, you can you can do a social good while you're at it. I, you know, I wish uh, I wish that there was more information on the people that signed up. Now, libertarians obviously like their privacy, but uh, I know that Robert Wicks, uh, he's uh, he, well, he works for Free Talk Live. He he helps us with our computer stuff uh, as far as the getting the the, the podcast out there and uh, the, the live stream and all that stuff that you can see at freetalklive.com. I know he he and his family signed up this week, and hopefully it was because uh, he knew that I would be donating to. Uh, uh, St. Jude's Hospital, but 
I wish that, and I know that Manuel Laura has uh, signed up, and he's coming to view the state, uh, I think it's in a couple of weeks, and he's actually staying at my house. So I wish we had more names like that, uh, more more folks of color that were coming to New Hampshire just to kind of spice things up in this lily-white state. I don't know that we're that lily-white. You don't know that we're that lily-white? Oh, like we to, definitely Would are. you like to go through <laughs> Wikipedia and take a look at uh, look at the town that I'm from? And just see how it, uh, the, the other the other races are represented in points of a percentile. I don't. Th- yeah. Okay. No, Asians I think are like a full one percent in Keene. Manchester, maybe in Keene. I'm said the town I live in. Yeah. I mean, there are parts of New Hampshire that have a little bit more diversity. If you go to Manchester, it is not that for 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 people who are a member of an ethnic minority. I know that. Some, you know, some of them are a little bit nervous about moving to a state where there are a lot of white people. Yeah, uh, I don't. Uh, but but here, I, one one of my thoughts on that is that uh, people hate the minority that uh, the second largest minority. So the majority hates the second lar- largest minority. People in California, you know, I'm I'm only making generalizations here, are upset about the Mexicans that are moving in, and but what they don't care about is the Eskimos. because the Eskimos pr- present such a small amount of the population. You don't care about small percentages of the population because they don't affect your life in any way, shape, or form. You don't confront them on a daily basis. That's why I'm saying move here. There's no bigotry in New Hampshire. Uh, th- that's th- that's not entirely. I true, don't but see it. There's very little. I will say that there's there's very little. The and... only bigotry I've seen is the uh, sort of the national fervor against illegal immigrants, and therefore pretty much everybody who's uh, looks like they might be Mexican and. That's the only thing I've seen, and it's sort of and that's sort a, lot of a of political pe- thing. And a lot of people don't care about that either, to be quite honest. Oh, I, I don't think so. And I think that when they get to know somebody individually, that that kind of dies away. Absolutely so. 800-25... Well, that's, why am I giving you the telephone yeah, number? We're out of here. Uh, Free Talk Live. Uh, check us out at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow night. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.